Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Beer continues to be big business for the state of Indiana. Question is, can it remain? And then, of course, there's this legislation regarding ESG and will we see divestment from those types of businesses? Well, it'll cost billions of dollars to those looking forward to a pension. What will it cost if we actually do invest in these woke companies? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good to be with you. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com. On Twitter at IIB, let's talk beer first. If we could there, uh, Gary Dick, on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Um, We've got a $1.6 billion industry employing over 10,000 Hoosiers. The question is, how is beer going? You know, up and down. Uh, I guess it's an industry, I think you could say it's in transition. Uh, but I think the arrow is pointing more up than down, if that makes uh, makes any sense. You mentioned the numbers. $1.6 billion in economic impact, 10,000-plus uh, employees. It is an industry that has grown from, I think, around 50 breweries, maybe in 2011, to now more than 200 operating licenses in, in, in really every corner of the state. And I think what we're seeing now, we're getting some uh, news and seeing some headlines uh, of some closures and some uh, consolidation, you might say, in the industry. Blackacre was one that uh, announced a closure, but then Scarlet Lane, a, women-owned, uh, a woman-owned brewery uh, here in central Indiana, is coming in to, uh, to pick up that op- operation as well. So we're beginning to see some transition. I think part of it is the business cycle. You know, I was talking with a couple of folks in the industry last week. You talked about the fact that brewing beer is fun, and people get into it in part because it's fun. But to be successful, you also have to have some some business acumen. You know, you have to be able to run a business. And I think in some cases, uh, that that business reality kind of slaps uh, folks in the face and and presents a challenge when it comes to uh, running a successful business. You know, so much of what we talk about is always within that that guy's that view of how COVID impacted, but COVID was right. was great for alcohol, was great for for spirits, and certainly you had distilleries and breweries that wanted to to help, and they got into hand sanitizers and things uh, like right. that. But is is there really an argument that COVID was somehow a negatively affecting uh, small breweries and distilleries in the state? You know, there there is that uh, there is that narrative out there. I, I tend to to agree with uh, uh, what you just indicated that uh, when you look at at beer, uh, distilled spirits sales uh, over the course of the pandemic uh, tended to have more of a positive impact. Now, if you look at tap rooms, for example, obviously when the shutdowns were in place, that had had an impact. We saw Three Floyds, uh, certainly one of the highest profile breweries in Indiana, they actually closed their tap room in Northwest uh, Indiana. Uh, but they're more focused on uh, producing and distributing uh, beer. Uh, that's their that's their deal. So uh, I think it's had an impact. But I, I think on on balance, you could argue that perhaps that impact from the pandemic a little more positive than than negative. Talking to Gary Dick from Inside Indiana Business 
IIB.com, on Twitter at IIB. Let's talk money. Let's talk investments. I think one of the big stories this week is about House Bill 1008. I discussed it last week, which is the idea of will public pension dollars be divested from those companies that engage ESG, environmental social governance, right? Which is really, for many people, about wokeness. It's about the idea that companies are focused on um, projects that... Uh, a large-scale investor class like the Black Rocks of the world would want as opposed to actual results for those investors. And the argument from the Indiana uh, Daily Chronicle, or the Indiana Chronicle, I think it was, was that you're talking about nearly $7 billion, $6.7 billion of value that could be lost to people who are looking for a pension if you avoid investing in these businesses. So it started a fight. I have people sending me information everywhere. Oh, check on this, check on that. You know, the, 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 uh, the, what do they call it? The consultant class. Everybody is sending me something. I didn't need to be sent anything. Um, there's a price to pay if you avoid investing. There's a price to pay if you invest. Where's the real argument? That's the question. Yeah. And, and you, 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 you really hit out there when, uh, with all the things we're being bombarded with. That's a real hornet's nest and a real controversial uh, a bill uh, that you mentioned there. And as you mentioned, the argument, one of the arguments is uh, there would be a drop in returns that would cut uh, annual, uh, the annual return on investment. I think it's from over 6% to uh, by more than a point, uh, forcing the state, according to this, uh, this piece in the Capitol uh, Chronicle, forcing the state and local governments to pay more uh, toward pensions. Uh, so uh, a huge issue. It will be interesting to watch as that as House Bill 1008 is debated uh, because the stakes are high as we talk about pension system and the, and the, uh, the return. Uh, so we'll see where that uh, we'll see where that goes. So what we're what we're going to witness is basically a political fight. And the political yeah. fight is does break down on these right left uh, ki- kind of lines. The idea that we, we have a responsibility to the people uh, that we're providing pensions for. And the other side of it is we have a responsibility to make smart investments and ESG investments are about um, ideological investments, not actually doing, uh, building a business that will 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 build. And you they have uh, the op- opposition side has does have at least an argument. There are multitudes of states that have now divested from uh, groups like, for example, BlackRock and others to the tunes of billions divested from um, uh, the 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 ESG world. Uh, so, what is your take on where the momentum is? Is this something that Republicans, including Governor Holcomb, are like, yeah, this is a problem, and we see the problem down the road. Let's put an end to it now. Or is Holcomb a guy who's going to say, you know what, I've got two years left and I'm not going to be the guy who gets involved in that. So uh, I'm going to I'm just going to leave it alone and 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 uh, let this all happen when I'm not in office. Well, you mentioned politics and that's what it certainly is. And I think the the quote from the governor uh, talked about, uh, you know, they'll be watching it. They'll be monitoring it. So not really taking a a firm stand on this at this point. Uh, So I think as you look at it from a political standpoint, that's what it will get down to. And we see this uh, uh, debate playing out uh, around the country, Florida and other states. 
certainly uh, at the forefront of this. So I think it will be, uh, you know, on the one hand, it's a financial uh, debate. It's a financial a financial question, uh, a basic financial question. On the other hand, it's a political uh, debate. And I think they're both going to collide at the state house. Yeah, I believe Holcomb's line that they're going to track this bill and, quote, share our concerns along the way. I will not share with you what I think of Governor Holcomb's uh, statement right there. Talking to Gary Dick inside IndianaBusiness.com on uh, the Twitter box at IIB. You want to check it there. One of the other stories that you've got is about farmland values in the state of Indiana. Um, Wes Mills with uh, that reporting. uh, And a report that shows that good quality farmland in Indiana jumped 23%. Um, Is is this a story of the region? Is this a story of just Indiana? Does this mean that the, the, the farmer is more valued and therefore whatever their crop is, whatever they're growing or, or raising, has more value? Or is this a precursor to, well, I guess they can sell that land now? Yeah, well, uh, certainly uh, farmland's getting a big boost uh, from uh, record uh, crop Revenues, no question about that. Uh, prices up, a good a good thing for farmers, and that's uh, having an effect on farmland. Indiana, as you mentioned, up twenty three percent. The Midwest, in general, uh, is up double digits. Uh, Indiana higher though. Indiana twenty three percent. The rest of the region, which is uh, you know Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, uh, up twelve percent. So generally speaking, and I think that was the largest uh, increase. Uh, or second largest increase in the past decade as well. So I think uh, record uh, crop revenue certainly playing into that. It's a good, uh, certainly a, a positive thing uh, for the farm community to see those uh, those values on the upswing. I think it's interesting that Indiana doubles our, our neighbors, but is it? Yeah. But you, when you bring up prices and how things are selling for more, is this a false positive in that? Everything's gone up. Inflation's gone up. So people are paying more for all of these goods. It doesn't necessarily mean that the value is really there. If inflation goes down as as the Federal Reserve is desperate to bring it down, and you hear Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Fed, say they're trying to hit their target of 2% inflation by 2024, does this number go down in 2023? Well, we'll see. Uh, and, and again, it's on paper, you know, the value, what we're talking about here. And, and should, uh, uh, you know, farmer, farmers are the ultimate entrepreneur. I don't think there's any better example of a, an entrepreneur than a farmer. They have to they have to monitor the bottom line at all times. They have to deal with those, um, uh, you know, situations like inflation, supply chain issues and the weather, things they can't control. So uh, this will be a continuing story as you look at the impact of, as you mentioned, of inflation and of those uh, those macro uh, economic uh, factors impacting the uh, impacting the farm community in Indiana. How much money did you lose on the uh, Chiefs Eagles? <laughs> uh, you know, I was um, I was smart. I didn't bet this year, uh, but it was a hell of a game. I mean, it was uh, it was uh, it was a great game, and that's. You know, for so many years, the Super Bowl was a terrible game. Uh, but uh, last night was uh, last night was great. I was I was good. I was glad to see Kansas City win. Okay, well, uh, so so you How lost some money. Did you basically? Did you lose any money? No, I I, I am not the a better. It, it, I I don't mind people betting. I'm always amazed by it. But I am not a a, a better. I I had no dog in the fight. I didn't care who won or who who lost. What I only hoped was that the wings were good, and they were. 
<laughs> that was it. it Nothing good. more. Uh, uh, listen, uh, Gary Dick, I appreciate being with us inside IndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB on the DriveHubler.com hotline.